0: Hey, this is James Butler from the Houston Roughnecks, and this is the XFL Show. Football fans, this is For the Love of Football, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. And you know what? Right now, players are and coaches are practicing social distancing instead of for week 10, Bryant. It would have been week number 10 this week. Do you know that? Do you realize that? So what about today, okay. We look at where in the where we are at in the XFL, actually. We gotta be real. We also have to look at where we may have been at this pivotal moment in the season. This is episode 128. And I just want to ask, Bryant, what if what if this was the last regular season week of the XFL season? It, there would be a lot on the line this week. I
1: I don't know if I'm gonna make it through this episode, Alan, because there's gonna be too many what-ifs that get answered and hopes and dreams will get shattered. Uh, with all these what ifs, because there are tons of what ifs. We're gonna go through some of them, I'm sure. But man, what if? Like, and I gotta look at it. And you're signing the entire episode. It's ridiculous.
0: What if? What if is the question of the day. What if the season played out? Where would we be? We're gonna approach that subject for sure, and also see how the hands of fate may have touched upon certain players and teams. It's gonna be a lot of debate on this episode. It's going to be a lot of fun, and you could definitely interact. With that, What's that hashtag we're using for this one, Bryant? At XFL show, the conversation is is what? Hashtag XFL show hashtag what if? Hashtag XFL show what if.
1: Yes, yeah, hashtag like XFL it. show what if. Uh, so join the conversation. Join the debate on social media. It's going to be fun because there's a lot of what ifs. Oh, my
0: ifs, that's what we're going to be. This saying. is going to bring in if, a lot of questions. Oh my gosh! I can't believe you would say that. You're wrong. I, I'm just going to play me just saying that for later on in the show. Whenever you give your what ifs, I know my what ifs. It's going to be very interesting. We're also going to touch base with another fan base, checking in with the New York Guardians. No, yeah, Guardians. That's how I was taught to do it. Guardians. Right, yeah. you're, you're my Guardians. Guardi Guardians, well, damn it! God. I had it earlier. Well, you're gonna hear me say the name correctly later on because we have Mike Mitchell on the show, who's a good friend, friend of, the of the show, listener of the show, uh, colleague in the press box. Whenever I went to the uh, New York games, Bryant guy loves the XFL with a deep passion and loves the New York Guardians with a passion. And we're gonna talk Guardians with him in a little bit. And uh, I'm going to try to get him to help me pronounce that correctly. We recorded that uh, with Mike. He was tremendous. And that's going to be fun to check in with that fan base. Remember, we got the DMs open at XFL show. If you want to check in with us and talk about your time as a fan of an XFL team, if you're in Seattle, uh, if you are a Tampa Bay Vipers fan, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Those are two fan bases, Brian, we haven't really checked in with since the season came to an abrupt end. So we want to do that. Get some yeah. some experiences. I want to know about some of those those people in Tampa because we saw them doing well things that really shouldn't have been caught on tape, really. And I wanted to speak to one of those individuals because what were they thinking? <laughs>
1: no, yeah, that's true, Alan. It's gonna be uh, an interesting conversation with the Viper fans. I can't wait for our fan with our uh, our excuse me our conversation with an LA Wildcats fan uh, beside be me. Or me. It's going to be me, right? No? No. no. We're not That's going to interview rule. me? These we fan
0: check-ins this. can't just be with us. We're checking in every week as fans. But we want to check in with you at XFL show. DMs are open or call in to the XFL fan line. That's seven two four five six five four 4 xfl And uh, yeah, we're there for you. Um, and what about this, Brian? What about also on this show? We gotta. We're going to be talking about the results of that poll that poll is officially the poll is officially closed we're going to get into that we're also going to uh, look at some of the nicer memories when it comes to other people we interacted with in the uh during the XFL season people who caught on a lot later than you and I Brian cuz we were of course day oneers but uh A lot of people caught on, and it was fun to see during that. So we're going to take you down, walk down memory lane. We are going to ask some hypotheticals this episode, check in with an XFL fan base. Awesome, awesome time lined up for you here. And we are coming off, of course, of our XFL show awards, Brian, all complete and in the archives.
1: Yeah, all four, or excuse me, five episodes, I guess, if you want to count our top moments of the year uh episode. We went over offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, coach of the year, and our most valuable player. That was our last episode. Go check those out in the archives on your favorite podcast app, youtube.com slash XFL as well. Uh, Alan, award season's over. I think we'll probably be giving away some smaller awards maybe as as the as the weeks progress. But it was a lot of fun to debate those. And we did them a little different. I will say that we uh, we we gave you top fives before we gave you just the, the winner and we discussed and why each player uh was positioned where they were. So it was a lot of fun go back and check those out on uh the debate was a lot of fun too on social media.
0: How many total awards did we give away? Five. I would say four six, awards four. plus
1: the top moments
0: award. So five. So five, five and then you add the the XFL uh moments bracket poll. That's six awards that have been given out. So I, I, I'm allowed to play Martez Carter then six to the board,
1: six to the board,
0: six awards to the board.
1: Now, Alan, how many more awards is it going to take for you to do a backflip,
0: a backflip? I do have yeah. for, for quarantine more workouts for, I'll do a backflip. I have quarantine workers. I have a trampoline right in my f- front room of the house. That's like our workout area makeshift. So I just go jump on that, work on the calves a little bit. I could do a backflip off that thing easy. It'll probably break. Easy. But I could do the backflip. Oh, yeah. Grew up on those trampolines. I could do... Well, I don't know if my ceilings are high enough. And I'm not going outside for you or anybody, Brian. It's against the rules of this household. (laughs) At XFL shows where you can hit us up. And uh, we are getting a reaction to those awards we gave away. But also... We are uh, getting your reaction to a bunch of stuff, and and we want to hear from you there. Uh, You know, I like the fact that people are honest on there. Uh, We have people asking us hypotheticals we can't broach right now, Bryant, all over the Twitter I saw. What if this and that with the uncertain times, we'll get to all that. But I like the the real people on Twitter as well. This comes from at Disciple of Durag, who said, hands down, renegades are my team. And even we can admit this, it was P.J. hands down. Replying to someone saying P.J. Walker deserved it for MVP. This is a Dallas Renegades fan, the disciple of Durag, saying hands down, I'm a Renegades fan. It is P.J. Walker all the way. That's real. That's truth. That's honesty. And I appreciate that.
1: We are are all diehard non-Roughneck fans, and I think we can all agree that P.J. Walker was the league MVP of the 2020 season, the man, you know what? I can't name another player that was more valuable than PJ Walker was the Houston Roughnecks leading them to that five and no victory. So yes, I agree with you.
0: Disciple of do Appreciate it for hitting us up at XFL show. Disciple of do What do you say? We continue with checking in with fans here, Brian. Let's take it to that. Mike Mitchell interview. We had Mike Mitchell who covers the XFL extensively He's been to he's been to New York games since way back in 2001. He was going to New York, New Jersey Hitmen games. I've talked to him about that. I met him at the summer showcase. Uh, this guy loves him some XFL football and he's a great perspective, a positive perspective. And I think the right perspective of uh, a lot of fans should, should maybe take on here uh, when we talked to him earlier. Bryant, this is good stuff.
1: Mike uh, and this show go a long ways back. I think even before the summer showcase, we've, we've had conversations with him and, and the support he's given us. And it feels like an extended member of this show. At least he's a a lot of fun uh, and a good guy to be around. Uh, So it's going to a good interview, good fan perspective from the New York area. uh, And, and really, you know, just somebody else who loves the XFL Uh, more than you and I, Alan, I don't know.
0: That's, that's tough to say. I'll say he's up there. He's, He's on the level. This guy loves the XFL as much as anyone I know, and it was a pleasure talking to him. Here we, let's take it in to another fan base check-in. We got Mike Mitchell, New York Guardians fan. What was it like, though, the atmosphere in that crowd that you would see from above? That was one of the rowdier crowds in the XFL.
2: Oh, it was tremendous. You know, the crowds weren't as big as the original XFL in terms of the uh, New York, New Jersey hitmen, but I, I couldn't believe how packed the press box was and, You know, all the NFL scouts that were on hand, and you and I, of course, were watching that Guardians-Vipers game there in the press box, and the atmosphere was electric. You mentioned the fans there. They were all the fans that showed up for that home opener, and obviously, uh, their second home game where they defeated the Wildcats there, they were were tremendous. I was really pleasantly surprised by how many hardcore fans the XFL had, and um, how deeply into it they were. So, it was great to see. It was a great atmosphere.
0: And that – tell us about that game, though. L.A. and New York, I was there. I don't know if you experienced the cold I did because you were in the press box, but I was outside. That was the coldest game I've ever been in
2: as a fan. It was – oh, no question. It was, you know, and I'd been to that stadium a lot as a Jets fan, and obviously it was at the old Giant stadium, and it can get really windy in East Rutherford. So um, it was very cold. I was at a few Hitmen games. Back in 2001, they were a bit colder than that, and the weather held up decently. There was a little bit of snow during the uh, Wildcats game, some uh-huh. flurries and such. And it was fun. It was a nice. It was a nice scene. It was certainly fun.
0: It was going to be a very good uh, home field advantage, <laughs> I think, later in the season, Brian, for the Guardians. Being there was just. It was. Well, as a Wildcats fan, that game was no fun. But it was a lot of fun to watch that game, even as freezing as I was.
1: Uh, Mike, you got you got to second Alan's opinion here because he's always told me how even though on television the Guardian crowds didn't look sizable, they were loud, they were rowdy, the team was loud, was rowdy before the game, probably one of the loudest uh, of the season. And is that just how the New York Guardian fan base was or the New York fan base is when it comes to football?
2: I don't know. It's difficult to say because sometimes with New York you think that they're going to be sitting on their hands like basically – they're not going to be receptive to a new league, but I think that's what kind of threw me for a loop is just how into it they were. And those end zones were something else. They were, you know, it's a large stadium. So when you got 20,000 people in that large stadium, it doesn't look that great on TV, but the end zones themselves were so packed that um, anytime, like you saw how many issues Tampa had in the red zone, I couldn't recall. I've been at jet games, giant games, where a crowd was that loud had that kind of effect on an offense where Tampa that day couldn't score. So hit, their life depended on it when they got in the red zone in New York. So I was really thrown back by how great and uh, how you know just how awesome the energy was from the uh, Guardians fans there. It was really great, and I think that was going to be a big factor towards the tail end of the season because had they played it out, they would have played the defenders and battle hawks at home, kind of revenge game sort of with the playoffs on the line with that three-way tie for first place. So, um, yeah, it was a very good atmosphere. It was going to be a lot of fun. We were, gonna they were going to ask – we were
1: going down to Houston, I think, right, yeah. when the season ended. Yeah. That was the game I was looking forward to the most. Luis Perez took over uh, last episode. Mike, I said Luis Perez was kind of like That's- my highlighted MVP candidate because of what he did to that team.
0: Oh, he was awesome.
2: And he was. You know, he was such a calming influence over the whole team. I think, you know, we one of the moments that we got as XFL fans is uh, – because of the unprecedented access. And one of the things we saw in week three where the Guardians were blown out by the Battlehawks was Kevin Gilbride confronting or talking to Mikel McKay on the sidelines and telling him that he was disappointed in the leaders of the team and that Kevin was looking to lean on guys like Mikel McKay and others to step up. Mm -hmm. And at that point, they're one and two. Two weeks later, you fast forward, they get two impressive wins over L.A. and Dallas. And then Kevin Gilbride and the New York Guardians announced new team captains, and, of course, Luis Perez was one of them. And so they had righted the ship, and a lot of the XFL is, you know, we we reminisce and we're happy about what was, but part of it is bittersweet because you think what might have been. And I think Kevin Gilbride and his staff, you know, know, obviously June Jones was the coach of the year, but I think Gilbride could have been considered as a coach of the year candidate just for the way he turned the franchise around, and a big credit to that, as you mentioned, goes to Luis Perez.
0: Oh, and we, we mentioned Gilbride's turnaround as well. The job he did, he made our our countdown at least when we were going to Coach of the Year, Mike. But you know that he maybe faced the most adversity of any coach and right in that ship. And so where we were at was, as Brian brought up, Houston and New York. And we're gonna ask a lot of what ifs on today's episode. So we'll we'll start early with you. What if that game got played? What if New York got those second chances against DC and St. Louis? How many of those three games do you think they would have pulled off?
2: You know, that home field advantage was going to be a big factor, and I think New York would have matched up really well against Houston because, as you guys saw firsthand, as I saw in many camps and in the practices, the New York's defense was really good. Their secondary was excellent. You've already seen a couple of their defensive players end up in the NFL. I expect there will be more. Um, And their offense was finally coming around. The running game was good, obviously, with Darius Victor and such. So I think New York would have matched up well against Houston because simply they had the DBs to uh, give – Uh, at least be competitive with Houston spread out for wide receiver attack. So that would have made for an interesting environment. And New York, even though they were in a three-way tie for first place, you know, the tiebreakers were working against them because they lost two blowout losses to D.C. and St. Louis. However, getting those two teams at home in week eight and week nine would have been huge, and then they would have finished the season uh, in Tampa against Tampa. So I think New York had a chance, you know, despite the odds kind of being against them, to make a run and push to possibly face someone like Houston in the championship. Obviously, we'll never know. But, uh, but yeah, they, they were building up good momentum, and they, they, the New York was playing a complete brand of football, both on offense and defense when the season ended, and their special teams was pretty good as well.
0: Yeah, they were making the teams. What if to be play their New style? York Guardians. Yeah, no. for sure. I, I just <laughs> they're the biggest. I really don't know, but it could have been either amazing or not so great. I think it could have gone either way. But you bring up, they had a lot working for them as you know when the season ended, Mike. Uh, real quick for me, uh, I got to check in with the Gaudi- the Guardians fan base, or is it Guardians? I don't know. I get a lot of crap for when I bring up that accent. Am I doing it wrong? <laughs> Teach me.
2: I don't know. You know, you sometimes it sounds like you're doing a Boston accent, so it's like uh, you know, pack the car, guardians. But uh, it, you you have to eliminate the R completely. No
0: R. So it's like
2: uh yeah, nah. it's got to it's got to be like guardians, guardians. You I could get yeah, that. So that, it's, it's kind of there. You know, <laughs> born and raised in Brooklyn. It's kind of you got to eliminate. There's no R, so you just gotta you gotta turn it into an A W. So um, you know, kind of the that or an A U, however you want to handle that.
0: The guardians. The the Yeah, you got it.
2: There you go, the LaGuati. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Success. You Thank got you it, Alan. It took. Oh, hey, it took ten weeks, but you got it. or Maybe more than that. I don't know. Yeah, technically, but, um,
0: before the playoffs, I did it. I, I figured it out before the play before playoff time. Would have been week ten. Herp.
1: Mike, you've been on this road longer probably than just about anybody close to us, if not longer than us, I will say. You and Alan, I think, first met at one of the summer showcases, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. in, Ma- in and New Jersey.
0: Montclair,
2: so, right? I saw Mike there. and Montclair was pretty – where Alan I and I you. are walking the field with Oliver Luck, and I was trying to be professional and not be giddy and act like <laughs> a fan, and it was, like, surreal <laughs> to be walking the field looking at all these players' workouts and Oliver Luck just talking to us about different elements of the league, different elements of the players and and how it felt to the league to be building itself up brick by brick. And it was, it was quite an experience. It was great. And it was great to be there next to Alan because you guys are original XFL fans. I'm an original XFL fan and we've been supporting this league ever since the very beginning. And of course, when they announced the relaunch, so um, to see it build up, I think sometimes the journey is better than a destination. The journey was a lot of fun.
0: Oh, for sure. And you're right, Mike. Yeah. I mean, that's you're perfect to speak on this because you're a lot like us. And and we reminisce back to that summer showcase, we were, at that point, just interested fans, interested enough to go to that summer showcase, and the league was welcoming enough, right, to just let us on the field and talk with Oliver Luck. When we had really, I mean, a, a, a less welcoming league would have said, you have no business here. But the XFL invited us, me, you, and a bunch of other people to really be involved.
2: And you know, it, it made it much that much more easier to embrace the league because they embraced us. To hear people who work in the league say that they're listening to the XFL show when they're at home with their kids. To hear people tell me that they read my articles, I'm like, oh, I hope they don't get mad at some of the stuff I wrote. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, so it, that was a heck of experience to see that people in the league are aware. Of us, And we obviously were aware of them. We were fully invested in the league. And you kind of, you root for the XFL, not as a league. You almost root for it. I treated the XFL anyway, like it was one single franchise. So it's like when you root for your team to get good players and coaches, I treated the entire league like it was my favorite team. So, um, and it was easy. They made it very easy to uh, embrace them. And then they proved it by the product they put out on the field. So um, it was great. It was a great experience for sure.
1: Well, I, I'm with you on that one franchise thing there, Mike, but All on Sundays when, I'm out, when I was at Dignity <laughs> Health Park, I was going for the Wildcats. I'll just put that there.
2: <laughs> like, for example, you guys are doing the what-if thing. As a supporter of the league, my, my favorite scenario would have been at the Battle Hawks playing the Roughnecks in Houston for the XFL Championship and then Kenny Robinson playing in that game trying to intercept P.J. Walker a day after or a couple days after being drafted by an NFL team would have been kind of an interesting scenario. What if Kenny what Robinson stayed drafted by the Bengals and then he plays in the championship game against Houston? And we know St. Louis fans would have traveled to that championship game oh in to watch that. So that would have been a great what if.
0: That would have been really good. Or, or what if, you know, L.A. stole it from Houston in the playoffs and then New York stole it from St. Louis and we got a rematch of the coldest game ever in a much more yes. acceptable climate in Houston, Mike. That would have been nice too. Uh,
2: well, there's a, L.A. was coming on for sure. As the season ended, obviously Dallas would have squeaked into the playoffs based on the tiebreaker there, but it looked like we were headed towards a Josh Johnson-P.J. Walker shootout in the West um, in the playoffs, and that would have been a lot of fun to watch. And they, they definitely have the capability uh, of pulling off the upset and beating Houston and perhaps repeating as XFL champs uh, that is L.A. That is. So that would have been fun for sure. It
0: was, but anyway, it was a lot of fun, man. That was that was five awesome weeks of football, and that road to those five weeks was even better. And we really appreciate you uh, being a part of it all, riding along with us uh, and experiencing all this uh, as as a huge fan uh, over you know of the guy of the Guardians. Well, we were Wildcats fans, but like you said, all XFL fans, man, you really put a good perspective on it. Uh, These are tough times, but it's good to talk some positivity about the league that way, and uh, you always got that perspective, Mike. We always appreciate it.
2: Thank you, and I appreciate you guys for sure.
0: Thanks to Mike Mitchell, XFL diehard, Guardians diehard, for giving us a great perspective there, Bryant. Rooting for the league as if it was one franchise is an awesome way to put it. Makes a lot of sense to me, and I just dig that guy's passion. I I had fun watching a game with him earlier in the season, and pleasure to have him back on the show. He is a legit XFL super fan.
1: Mike Mitchell, Rob Lowe, two people that cheer for a league and not a team uh yeah and you're wearing your uh, xfl hat I'm, i switched it up a little bit i'm wearing a dc defenders hat today but you're but you're right you're cheering for the XFL. we all were cheering for the XFL, except for on sundays like i mentioned when i was at dignity health sports park i was uh, cheering for the wildcats maybe a little bit
0: but appreciate still. appreciate mike there for another check-in and remember we're looking for more fan base check-ins if you are a fan of the vipers or the dragons or the renegades we want to do a check-in with you Hit us up at XFL show slide up in those DMS or call us 4 XFL on the fan line and uh volunteer. You're, you you could do a call, a Skype in. We're, we're down, we're ready. We're here in the studio pretty much every day, ready to talk XFL with you. What do you say? We take it now, Bryant into this week's cover two. We got to get lined up, right guys? We're on a 25 second clock. We got to run people on the field. The clock's going to start quicker than you think. we got to get back lined up and use the communication system to get it done. It's going to be exciting. This was an exciting, exciting bracket. Since we got no brackets this year with March Madness, Brian, this is the next best thing. The top moment, the winner, was our top moment. The return, St. Louis. Duh. <laughs> I mean, come on been a foregone conclusion for weeks and uh, weeks. We called this weeks ago.
1: What if something, I don't know. We could do a what if maybe on this, but XFL football returns to St. Louis, I think, is just, it's catchy enough and it's good enough and the play was great enough. And that St. Louis fan base, you know, is going to be behind that vote the entire time. So uh, it was a foregone conclusion, I think, a long time ago, but it it was still a great play and and deserved number one.
0: Congratulations to the Battlehawks, their fans, Josh Powell, and us, you and I, Bryant, for being there for the top moment of the season. I'm very proud to say I was there for that one.
1: Yeah, that was a, one of my highlights of the season for sure was being at that game in general, not just that kickoff.
0: But here, here's a question stemming off of that that I've been wanting to hear now since we did our top moments show. What was your favorite non-play moment of the season? We're not talking about on the field, you know, between the hash marks, none of that. This is a moment of the XFL season that happened during a game, but not actually a play. Uh,
1: During a game? During a game. That's going to, I mean, I know what you're going to say, and that's going to nix it, so you're going to have to come up with something different, maybe. But I will say my favorite moment had to have been. Moss's halftime speech is definitely up there, but that counts go during a game because that was
0: at halftime. Yes. That counts.
1: That would, I would, it's up there, but I think nothing's going to beat Moss's. You want it? I'm going to give it to you right now. I think that that's hands down the best sound
0: bite I think you can get from a coach. You want and it?
1: I'm going to give it to you right now.
0: That, that, I think was, that has to be, that was really good. Yeah, it's, a, it's up there. Winston Moss is in my, f- well, besides, it doesn't count during a game because before the game in D.C., I got to take a selfie with Shane McMahon. Highlight of the season, great, great moment of the season. You unfortunately weren't there, Brian. So sorry, you didn't get the share in that one. That was great, and I'm glad I have that over you. But you were you were at you were at the best game of the year. So you could you could put that on me, L.A. Tampa Bay. <laughs> I'm very jealous of that. But I think the best moment for me was. Seeing picture, I've been saying this is a coaches league for me. That's my favorite part, watching and learning from these coaches as a football fan. So seeing p- them playing chess, picture and picture, Moss versus Hal Mummy, call for call, really any moment it was two coaches, uh, offensive defensive coaches, going at it like that was great. But those two in particular, they just fascinate me. So that was my favorite non play moment I think of the year. Just being in awe just watching that dallas la game going oh my god i love this broadcast i love watching (laughs) these guys coach mummy versus moss all day that was amazing
2: play fast do it
0: again
1: i mean if you talk about communications you can talk about um you know cardell saying he, he ain't ready you can go to josh johnson looking for his mouthpiece uh you can say uh, a lot of different things because of the great communications that we had. So those well, were all great moments. Or before. what
0: about uh, like Mike Mitchell brought up earlier? Uh, Vince, uh, Vince and I making it to the Fox broadcast intro yeah, no, for between week one
1: games. Between games, that was pregame. Sorry, oh that was
0: pregame. Doesn't that was count. Pregame, yeah. yeah
1: no, Still
0: great not. moment that a lot of our listeners, I think, really enjoyed the fact that this show was used in the Fox intro for the first game ever on Fox. That was great. What a milestone. What an accomplishment. Maybe the, the biggest thing we've accomplished as a show, uh, getting into that, that video package, but the best non non play moment. Those, those are a plenty. There's very difficult to choose from, but yeah, I really am. I am just digging my heels in the fact that I just love watching the coaches in this league. It's the most interesting thing to me. Uh, let's take it to this part two of the cover too, Brian. And I want to kind of, walk down memory lane a little bit here and take it back to the season where you were talking to people that weren't me or any of our friends of the show. Just out, You know, you have family, you have friends that I'm sure you ran into that were like, oh, this XFL, I know you've been doing a show all the time that I, I'm not listening to for some reason. But then they catch on to the games and they're like, oh, I got to watch this. Do you have any a story about – New fans jumping on the bandwagon and you help giving them a hand and bringing them on board.
1: Yeah, uh, I have a good one, Alan, if you sit back and listen to this one. So it was, I think, after week one, I had a friend of the family over. We were were getting ready for dinner, and we decided to order some Chinese food. So I was going to go pick up the Chinese food. In that time, there was nothing on TV, so I said, hey, why don't you catch the DC Defenders Dragons game that I recorded on my DVR here? You can just watch it while I'm gone. Okay, so he watched it. I left. I came back. He's like, oh, my God, I love this. This is better than college football. I, and, then, and then I made a fan from that point on. He watched every single game wow. from that moment on. That's uh, and this is somebody who was not you. talking
0: highly of the league uh, before the league started. That's really good work by you to 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 really have it ready on the DVR. If anyone walks well, I mean, in my house, i forcing me as well. <laughs> <laughs> duct tape, Andy, tape. and then
1: those little eyelid and holders rope. that the Clockwork Orange. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, to yeah keep yeah. your eyelids open.
0: Those. And so then when, Brianna
1: was just dropping eye drops in his eyeballs while <laughs> I was
0: doing <laughs> When you went to Lowe, you're like rope. They were like rope and duct tape. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna. We're watching the XFL, and then they were like, okay. <laughs> OK, you know, sh- but
1: even my wife was actually really into it. She would sit down and actually watch games with me and she never watches football or any sports really with me unless she's on her cell phone or something. So for her to watch those games and get entertained by them too, was a lot of fun. So, yeah, those are my kind of stories. That's a good one. Uh, I like that.
0: Yep. I uh, I have I've talked about them before and I took them to that New York game. I have 16 year old cousins two two boys out of four quadruplets, two boys, two girls, the boys fell in love Four quadruplets, 16 They're, kids. No, well, four of them. There quadruplets are four. There's four kids. My cousins. Sorry, my bad. I get my aunt, confused. My aunt's a saint. So the two boys are 16 and they, before the season started, they just are obsessed with fantasy football and they don't even watch the games in the NFL. These kids are those fantasy players who play fantasy football. And then they don't even watch the game. They just look at their, they look at their players on their phone. But with the XFL, they were trying to get into – they started a fantasy thing. And they had. They said they were getting all of our friends together. We're all picking our favorite teams. And they all – before the season, they had it ready because they knew it's football. And then when the season started, I watch – I go to their, to my grandma's house. They're there, We're all there for Steeler games. These kids, I can't – I have to beg them to sit and watch the game. But for the XFL watching the games with them, eyes glued, no need for the clockwork orange thingy. They were all in it because it's access, it's it's action, it's fast. So that I noticed they were already in on the game. But then they just fell in love with watching the game, down to go to the game. I took them to the freezing cold L.A. New York game. And the, I have a hot take stemming from this too because these kids, the, the, the youth, I could tell they, they like sports, but really football is, is king fact that the XFL superseded everything else. Normally, I would be watching at this time of the year probably hockey with family members, young cousins and whatnot. All about football nonstop. All about the XFL during the season. It just proved to me how much more people do love football than any other sport in this country. I love hockey. I love hoops. I love baseball too. But my God is football just so good. And what the XFL gave us was absolutely Pure football, the way we like it, and I saw that sparkle. I saw that proof in the eyes of those young 16-year-olds.
1: I just want to change your statement a little bit, Alan, because I agree with you, football is king. But I will say that quality football is king in this It's the uh, quality of the play. Absolutely. Um, Alan, don't forget, you also had like a cousin-in-law or somebody who after a game he bought like $200 worth of wildcats merchandise or something right my, my future
0: <laughs> yeah my 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 cousin my future cousin or my cousins my cousins Bo, uh they he also watching a game with my young cousins this he's and he's in the army too so he told me he was you know telling some of his his boys in the army as well they got to be on the xfl and he a pittsburger was all about the la wildcats we were watching a game watching la dominate against dc actually and he said, "Damn, I gotta get me some Wildcats gear." And he just started buying up the XFL shop, just buying it all out. Think he was that a room.
1: rerun? Because you and I were together for that game.
0: Did you rewatch that game with him for L.A. and D.C.? Yeah, we it were must, in St. Louis for that game. Must have been an L.A. What was the other L.A. game then that they won?
1: L.A., New York, L.A. was the last game when they beat Tampa.
0: L.A. Tampa. I so had he to bought win. all that gear the last week. week. Five. <laughs> yeah. Bummer. That's, but hey Bummer. He's, he's got <laughs> he's it all he's, he's got it all you know he didn't have he couldn't wear it to watch any more games but maybe i'll tell him since i postponed my wedding too he could he could wear he i'll let him get away you could wear a wildcat shirt to the reception no one will say anything there you go. i was might pre party i might even the, wear the, one the underneath party. Don't, don't, that's not no one knows about that thing yet Shh. and also that that one's not planned again all right we need to move on Great stories about new XFL fans. Plenty more to come, and we want to hear your well, if story. You have any. Yeah, of course yep. we want to hear your story about what hooked you exactly to keep watching the XFL, and now has you yearning for the XFL at XFL Show or seven two four five six five four XFL. And Alan, if
1: if there is a new fan out there being made, where can they go to get cool merchandise like I have right here?
0: That would be xflshop.com. That's the online store where Bryant picked up that sweet DC Defenders hat. That's where you could get – well, I don't have my ball out, actually. It's it's. I was actually playing catch. That was our workout today. I was playing catch with our Battlehawks ball. Uh, my fiance <laughs> and I. It's as much wor- working out as we did today. But it was good. Got a good sweat on. We got it. At xflshop.com. Authentic team customized XFL footballs. They got the mini footballs, too. So now, if you want to collect them, but you don't want to fork out all of it for all the nice, authentic, quality, beautiful leather footballs, you could get the mini footballs and have them all displayed since they're all custom to each team. you got to have all of them. They're all sweet. It's all on XFLShop.com. You can get ready to show off your XFL colors, your team colors at XFLShop. Celebrate the love of football at XFLShop.com. Okay. We are through the cover two now. That was it. I have no more I have no bonus for that, Bryant. We talked to Mike Mitchell. Uh, what do you say here? We think a little outside the box and probably scream at each other a little bit a little loud. <laughs> it's going to be going to get a little loud here cuz I think we'll be pretty opinionated on these five questions we're going to ask. And it's going to be the same question for each of these topics though. And It's going to be two words, and those words are, what if? We're asking, what if, in the hot read. Okay, what if is the question of the day. So right now, like I said at the top of the show, Brian, everyone's practicing safe social distancing instead of for week number 10. This would have been the final week of the regular season, and we'd be gearing up for some probably big games, play-in games for the playoffs, and it would be a tense show. It would be a lot of interesting topics, but that's not where we're at. Currently, most of our attention in the the XFL world, I would say, for me at least personally, is I'm anticipating the NFL draft. We're going to see college players going to the NFL and – I am interested to see what guys don't get drafted and might be on the market for the XFL. That's what we're focused on now. We would have been at this moment having that in the back of our mind, but things change, so now that's at the front of our mind. So, well, the players and the coaches don't live in a world of what-ifs, and all we're really worried about right now, Brian, is college players and, and watching the draft and off-season stuff. We can ask what if because this is a podcast. That's what this is for. We're going to ask what if regarding just a few things from the 2020 season and what may have been with just a few tweaks at the hands of fate. They would have just moved an inch or two to the left or the right, Brian. What if? We're going to start with what if? And we're going to go to Houston with our what if. And the question is what if Connor Cook started for the Roughnecks instead of P.J. Walker? Uh, PJ Walker would have started
1: uh, versus the Battle Hawks in Week Two.
0: So, what well, you're saying that LA would have beaten Houston in Week One because of Connor Cook? Yeah, PJ Walker it, won that game for LA. You mean for Houston against LA? I'm you sorry for, for LA Houston lost.
2: Against
0: LA. <laughs> you realize didn't didn't Chad Kanoff, Charles Chad Kanoff? Get hit like sixteen times in that game, right? Something like that, you know. Yeah, but that's I what we're talking about. We're talking. I could have played, played quarterback for Hunter. Houston in that game, and we would. I would not have been hit that much. I would have got rid of the ball, and I have <laughs> never played quarterback in a meaningful game in my life.
1: I Connor Cook playing about? being named the starter in Houston. I would say the Houston Roughnecks would have been. Three and two, four. They would have lost the game. I don't think they would be five and oh. P.J. Walker extended plays. He made plays out of nothing half the time. I think P.J. Walker, not to take anything away from Connor Cook, but P.J. Walker was just that good
0: this season. I'm going to say if Connor Cook started for the Roughnecks, he probably would have been an MVP candidate. I'm sticking with it. (laughs) I'm sticking with my call of the Houston Roughnecks quarterback being in the best situation if you if you go back and you ask, and they give you an honest answer, and I mean, I wish we could do this. Is it a what if on top of a what if, Brian? But what if we could ask Aaron Murray, or Brandon Silvers, or Luis Perez, or even Josh Johnson? What if, and we said, what if you got to play in June Jones's offense? Would you have enjoyed it? Do you think you would have done what P.J. did? I guarantee you all of them would say, hell yeah. Because playing in that system is so much fun. You get to do pretty much whatever you want. You get to sling it. I mean, to to have the skill set of P.J. Walker is one thing. He's special. Not a lot of guys can pull it off, but I think Connor Cook would have been able to. He's talented. I don't know. I mean, maybe,
1: but again, I don't know. The record-wise, will the wins be there? Because P.J. Walker won them some games. He did. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know about
0: 5-0, and oh, but I definitely think he would have had some numbers. That's a fun what if to get our, to get our feet wet, toe dip into it. But now it's going to get serious, Bryant. Because our next what if, what if L.A. had their chance inside the Battle Dome against the St. Louis Battle Hawks? The game we were all anticipating. Oh, we didn't get it. We did not get it. Maybe the biggest dagger to the heart with the season getting cut short. But it's fun to think about now, at least, what if, knowing the trajectory L.A. was on, knowing what St. Louis had established, I think we would have probably seen the game of the year is is what I think. I think L.A. would have had a shot. And if, if it happened, and it, L.A. was the only team, I think, capable of going into the Battle Dome and winning. Houston already had their shot against St. Louis, and that was at home, so they weren't going to go there. La going. I think St. Louis would have finished the season undefeated at home. La would have come close. I still would have picked St. Louis to win, and I still think they would have won that game. But nobody would have given them a better, uh, a better shot uh, in that battle dome where the Battle Hawks were so dangerous.
1: What if LA had their chance? I believe if I'm not mistaken on this is going to be the game where they are expecting 50, 60,000 people for that game. In upper St. deck. Louis, right? The upper deck was open. Upper decks getting sold. Oh man. I'm going to say we would have seen the game of the year for sure. Uh Tampa and LA is the game of the year to me at least uh now. But to see that game, the intensity, the noise, the hate towards L.A., because you know it's going to be there because it's personal, like like St. Louis said a long time ago. That would have just been a lot of fun to watch. Man, that, that one hurts. That's like the dagger. You're right, because we could have seen this game. It would have been an all-timer. would have been Saturday night. Oh. would have been a great Saturday night, Alan. Yeah. Uh, that one here you mean. go.
0: You want it. You want it. Since we didn't get it, but I can, I can reenact what I think we would have got. What if we would have gotten that game? We would have gotten Norm Chow in the booth telling Josh Johnson, "Don't mind the noise, baby. Just take what you get. Take what you can get. Take what you can get, baby. Don't mind the noise." <laughs> All right, baby. All right, let's go. I want. Okay. Okay.
1: 3-3-3.
0: Oh, you're gonna call the play. All right. I'll just. I'm just Bunch, gonna be quiet. Guys. Bunch. Do whatever Bunch. you want. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. It's your team. L.A. could have I mean, pulled it off. I still probably would pick St. Louis, but, yeah, that's the Alan, imagine, that's the one that imagine, got away.
1: Okay, now what if that game was an L.A. blowout? Can you imagine the entertainment value we would have gotten from that sideline, keeping that that stadium hush?
0: Oh, I don't know. I think there would have been a small riot, maybe, that would have been started <laughs> with the antagonizing of the L.A. Wildcats they would not be able to help themselves looking into the crowd saying stuff especially in that atmosphere that's the beauty of it all that's another thing we missed. do you think Jordan out.
1: Smallwood would go into the stadium and uh uh
0: do his pose into the fans if you i think he probably would have done it but would he, they have backed it up with a victory is one is the other question st. louis i don't think w- was going to blow a lead like like Tampa did against LA. You can't let them get ahead of you. LA's slow starts. They they were susceptible to those and they might have had one of those in St. Louis, I think. But what a game that could have been. Good what if there, but here here's another one. We've touched upon this slightly before, but let's revisit it. What if Pep Hamilton had to pick Cardell Jones or Tyree Jackson last week of the season? Excellent call and uh, stole a victory from St. Louis going to Tyree and just running the damn ball the entire game. But we said it's probably not what they're going to do for the whole season. Is it? Or would it be a week-by-week thing? What if Pep Hamilton had to go the rest of the season? What would he have done with his quarterbacks? I don't –
1: man, Pep Hamilton, we talked about it many times on this show that he is one of the most prepared guys – uh, in, on the face of the earth, when it comes to football, preparation is no no joke. What would he have done? I think he would have played it by ear. I, I don't think he would have had a starter. He might have alternated them a little bit here and there, depending on who they're playing.
0: So you think at at New York? Oh, they they got they have great coverage. I might play Tyree to run it against them. Yep. Or exactly. If if who'd they have left? Also, um, did they have Houston left? DC, I believe, oh, had Houston left. Yes, they had Houston left. They said, "I'm going to throw in Cardale there because I'm going to need to score a lot. I'm going to have to throw the ball." You think he would have gone tit for tat? I no think he way. Would have done that? No way. You, don't,
1: you think he you would have picked somebody going into week six?
0: I think Cardale was going to get this one back. He, I think, he was going to take the, back over the reins so, for the rest he was of the in season. A three, maybe a three-week funk. Tyree Jackson just didn't have the accuracy for me to play the entire season and I don't think you could go QB Q, switching QBs all season long especially Even when with, you're in with first Pep, place.
1: Hamilton. Pep Hamilton with with the, how prepared he is If anybody everything.
0: could have done it I guess it would have been Pep but I wouldn't have, I don't think he would have tried because it's just not, I don't think that's a sustainable way to you do don't it. Think, I think Pep Hamilton has
1: his week's worth of clothes laid out in front of him. That's how prepared this
0: man <laughs> is. He knows exactly what
1: he wants to do for every single game uh, for the season probably so far.
0: Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like he would have played it by ear. Well, that one would have been really interesting because how do you do that? How do you walk that tightrope and keep hold of first place in the East? D.C. was... Faced with a very interesting second half of the season. What if we could only debate the hypothetical? Let's go to our next one. Uh, This one, I think, might be an easier answer. What if Landry Jones made it back for Dallas, Bryant? You think he could have made it back in and, and fought hard to get them into the playoffs?
1: He wasn't looking great when he was going out. He was throwing that ball all over the place and not to his own team.
0: Short answer is no. Hey no. Landry was the important.
1: Was Nelson. No, yeah, <laughs> that's the
0: problem. with Philip Nelson, <laughs> ap- hell no. But with Landry Jones, uh, you know, maybe they would have been competitive. But I, I didn't like Dallas's chances going. They had the rest DC. Of the
1: they had DC coming up in Week Six. They were going to be at Tampa in Week Seven. Seattle Week Eight, and then Houston again in Week Nine. I mean, I and can see just. This two, week, three losses there
0: easily. We would have been looking forward to a Thursday game between L.A. and Dallas this week, Bryant. What if we got th- we didn't get any Thursday games in the XFL? What did, what did you picture those being like? Going it to work, been interesting, a little weird. Rushing home for for the game, having so you could have your smorgasbord completely ready for L.A. and <laughs> Dallas, and they would have been playing to. Maybe for a... a This would have been probably the play-in. This would have been the play-in game. Landry Jones back for this week in week 10 would have been a playoff game or play-in for the playoff game, basically, I think. Landry Jones wasn't integral, but that also... It's tough tough to say how he would have been feeling coming off two injuries in one season.
1: Landry Jones coming back would have kept him in it. I will say that
0: that. Even
1: because... CC, excuse me. Because Dallas already beat LA, they hold that initial tiebreaker. So even if they were down a game, yeah, going into this week, all they had to do was beat LA, beat that one team. Even in, you know, they could go in five and five with the with the tiebreaker over LA. So I will say, if Landry Jones returned, he probably would have thrown uh, the most picks in the XFL. But he would have kept Dallas. He would have kept Dallas in in the playoff picture.
0: Yeah, there, I'm going to leave it at that. If Landry Jones came back, he would have thrown the most picks in the XFL. He wouldn't have had the most losses though. He might have even been on the verge of the playoffs. And the best part about it all is he would have given great interviews owning up to it all. How? How? He was already tied for number 1. Number 1 in most picks. Yeah. And he and he missed the game. He missed two games. He missed two games. Wow. I love Landry <laughs> Jones. Oh, my God. That's great. And he's honest about it. i am be like, yeah, hey, I played bad. Threw some touchdowns, touchdowns, though. though. Yeah. Last one. What if this was week 10, Bryant? And this right now was a preview, a recap of week 9, looking ahead to week 10. What if it was that moment that we were anticipating final week of the season? What would we be saying right now? Houston's got it in the bag. L.A. and Dallas. Dallas. Or playing for it all? What the hell would have been going on in the East? I don't know. Read that schedule. What was the schedule planned for Week 10?
1: So it was L.A. at Dallas for the Thursday night game. And then Houston at Seattle on Saturday. And then the East games on Sunday. I think they were actually not even scheduled. Uh, we didn't know which one was going to be first or second. But it was going to be D.C. at St. Louis. And New York at the Vipers. Alan, if if we were getting ready for week 10, I think we're hyping up Thursday as a play-in game for sure. Houston's cruising, waiting to see who they're playing. And I'm going to say both games matter because I think it would have came down to St. Louis and New
0: York. I think, I think we would be talking about if DC wins, they're in first. If St. Louis wins, they, then they're in first. And I think New York would have probably Needed to win to skip over someone Having one one in hand over uh, Or having a one and one I think with either St. Louis or D.C. I think the Guardians would have gotten one back From one of those teams that beat them And Tampa Bay might have even been in the mix too You don't know The East was so Even though they had one win They were such a good team I thought at least uh, You know with moving the ball Giving up leads and big plays Was one thing though uh, yeah, that East is tough to really hit the hypothetical on, Bryant. I definitely think both of those games on Sunday, you're right, would have been stakes, playoff stakes, like the delicious WrestleMania steak I had on Sunday that was just so good. <laughs> That's what Week 10 Sunday would have been like in the XFL. What would it be sure. something
1: that we'd be talking about from Week 9? Probably the first Thursday game because that would have been Dallas at Houston. Um, I think Houston would have clinched the, the, division second, there.
0: the second Texas Throwdown. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think the only
1: team that probably would have been eliminated by Week Ten would have been Seattle, and then maybe Tampa, because Tampa still looked pretty good. They could have beat some of these teams.
0: Do you think it's possible at all that we might are miss it, We might be missing it. What if? Do you think what if might be actually, L.A. and Houston had it wrapped up and they were on a collision course for that? Western playoff game. Could week, 10 have been ra- could week 10 have already been wrapped up for L.A. and Houston to have the playoff spots? Uh,
1: it would have been hard for L.A. to be that clear of Dallas because Dallas had some winnable games in their slate. They had D.C. Uh, they
0: had. I, I got to tell you, I was ready you know. to start picking against Dallas every week from now. From that one from on out.
1: <laughs> I, I, I was not I was liking their too. play. In yeah, LA, you know, you never knew what team was going to show up. That's the other thing too with LA. So they were looking good. I don't
0: know. What, what if Both though? Teams had also, to play Houston. What if uh, BJ Daniels was getting more more reps? He might have turned Seattle around. Could he have? No. Is that a crazy what if?
1: Probably. Not. I mean, one and four, not looking good. I. I Oh, yeah, no,
0: I'm not going to agree with you on that one. No, they're, 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 I'm uh, reaching. I'm grasping for straws for Seattle. Cream. Yeah, I'm trying to show Seattle s- some love here. Tough for me to do, but I will say, what if this was week 10? I'd be in a lot better mood than I am right now that we've talked about all these hypotheticals. I'll say that. But it's therapeutic nonetheless. Damn it! And that does it.
1: Yeah, that, that that was I a, a, I don't know if I could even call that a trip down memory lane or not, Alan. But that was just a. Uh, what if we got a full season of XFL football? We'd be preparing for the playoffs. I'd be packing my bags, getting ready to go to Houston.
0: I mean, for the a L- for the LA and Houston game you're talking about, not the. Oh championship yeah, I would have spent
1: like two weeks there. Yeah. See, I strategically planned my paternity leave between this this championship game to spend all my <laughs> time out there. Really is what it was. Yeah, well, you imagine me and Moss with a week in Houston. Come on, what yeah. if, what if Moss that already and happened? Ryan spent a whole week. Nah, but he was working, working. Like this is oh, yeah. ready for the championship game.
0: But what about after the championship game? I spent a week with Moss in Houston. Oh my. Here, bonus what if? What if the L.A. Wildcats won the championship? The hell would that celebration have looked like in the locker room? Oh man, they don't have enough Bud Light seltzer in the world. For, for what would have happened. But that's that's where we'll leave it. The, the hypotheticals. There's plenty more, though, and we want to hear your what-ifs. They're fun to do. It's fun to speculate, fun to hi- think hypothetically, take your mind off things. And we talked actually off-air with Mike Mitchell. Hey, he was spinning the wheels on some hypotheticals off, after the interview, Bryant. And I know a lot of the XFL fans out there have them, so we want to hear them at XFL's show hashtag XFL show what if that's the official one right Brian yeah, that's what we're use going use the with?
1: hashtag on all social media follow yes. us at
0: XFL show get involved let us know
1: what your what ifs are what what ifs are a little bit different than hypotheticals though right Alan I mean those are two different
0: conversations oh that's the same thing well, what if is a hypothetical what if hypothetical? yeah but the but the hypotheticals that we've been getting like those are oh, those are some of them are crazier than others. These are focusing on what if, you know, we're looking at what if we got to play five more games. That's what we want to yeah. know your opinion on what we the trajectory we were on or maybe you could say another hypothetical, what if Allen and Bryant went head to head in an Oklahoma drill?
1: We During, did that in high school. I won. But now,
0: and no you did uh, not win. Definitely not. I did win. I did no, so you, one. You, you looked halfway decent at linebacker because I was so I good. I totally beat you. I was like duck, duck, goose, and I came back before you got back down. Totally That's just beat running away from me. Get out of here. It's another what if though. <laughs> right. What if we did it today? It's another question to ask. Let us hear your what uh, ifs.
1: I, I would get gassed before I even made contact.
0: <laughs> All right, Alan. Uh, use me the hashtag. Too. I can't X-focus even walk down the street. <laughs> I walk around the block. That's my whole workout. Oh, my. I'm pathetic. It's sad.
1: <laughs> Use the hashtag uh, XFL show. What if on Twitter? Let us know what you think. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at XFL show. Subscribe and listen to us every single Tuesday and Friday morning. We are here on your favorite podcast app. Apple, Google, Spotify. Tune in. What other ones? There's tons of them out there. Go and and go sure back and, your-
0: and review the show. Review it. Get your Xbox controller. And get the highlights ready and review the show on YouTube or your favorite podcast feed. Or, or on or your phone. You could probably I don't your know. Phone to you can you could hook these up to your phone. I don't know. Someone smarter uh, than me could. I'll let you do that. Yeah, buddy. That does it for another episode. We are going to be back on Friday morning to talk XFL with you. And we are going to have... Uh, I mean, uh, a lot to say. I don't know about what, Bryant. I'm starting to look at these these NFL draft lists, and I'm looking down them and looking at players from the combine and also players on college teams that I circled that I think maybe someone like Eric Galco is also circling. Actually, I'm trying to think like Galco. Is okay, what if I'm you doing think
1: you're circling the players Galco's point pl- circling, sit down. You are not circling the same players that he is circled.
0: What if I could think like Eric Galco is maybe what next episode will be. And uh, that's all I'm going to like about. I want to be like Galco at this time. <laughs> we are working on some
1: guests for the show, football fans. So stick around. It'll be a lot of fun. We got uh, plenty of season to talk about uh, and a lot of things to look forward to. So make sure you stick with us here on the XFL show.
0: That is on Fridays, the next one. So make sure you're subscribed so you can get it instantly. And we'll see you then. For Bryant, I'm Alan. This is the XFL show. Remember, they're listening.